Welcome back, guys. Another episode of the It's Just a Game podcast. I am your host, Chris Peel. Um, so it's been a couple of days since I've done an episode. It's been like six days since my last episode. I never really like to wait that long. I really like to do episodes. I like to go for at least three a week, like at a minimum. I go for three, sometimes four. And if it's a really crazy week, I go for five. But for the most part, so I've been, I think I've been pretty consistent since October. I mean, I've been doing three a week, like every single week since October. So for these last four or five months, I've been just, you know, pumping episodes out. But then the NFL season stopped and, you know, it's kind of slowed down a little bit. Which actually gives me much more respect for these sports uh, analysts and journalists and all these talk shows when they can come up with stuff to talk about on a daily, daily basis. Because if I had to do this every single day, I don't know if I could like come up with many topics to talk about every day. And that's why it's hard to watch these shows because they end up repeating themselves a lot. And they talk about a bunch of nonsense that really doesn't matter. And I really don't want to talk about nonsense that don't matter. I want to talk about stuff that I actually care about. So, um, no, it's just been slow. And I've been, I didn't want to come out here and just talk for 10 minutes about something and then just be done. I wanted to make sure I had enough topics to cover to cover a full episode. So, you know, with the NFL stopping and all, that pretty much was the bulk of my topics. And, you know, the NBA, now it's the All-Star break. I could talk a little bit about that. The Sixers beat the Clippers. I could talk a little bit about that. I'm going to talk about Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Greek freak. Um, I finally learned how to say his name. It took me like five years, but I finally did. I don't know if I know how to spell it, though. Actually, I think I could probably spell it, but that's beside the point. So I'm going to talk about Phillip Rivers, his Hall of Fame chances, because the Chargers, he's officially a free agent. I'm the he retire. Should he sign with another team? I'm going to talk about him a little bit. And I want to talk about the XFL a little bit, too, because I was really impressed by the XFL, and it was really a success. A lot of people, they kind of – you know, kind of stepped on it a little bit. Like, oh, it's going to be a failure. It's the same thing as back in the early 2000s. But and I'm not going to say or act like I watch every single game. I'm not going to say or act like I watch every highlight. But from what I've seen, it looks pretty good and looks pretty promising. Might be a good 10-week season. So it definitely could hold us over for a little while until the real football games come back. Um, So, yeah, I'm going to talk about all of that. And let's get to that on the other side. Thanks for listening. So, episode 50 of the It's Just a Game podcast. I made it to the big 5-0. So, you know, that's got to be something, you know. So, I'm going to start off talking about the 76ers. That is how you go into the All-Star break. A great win against the Los Angeles Clippers. Now, Sixers, can you please do me a favor and win a game on the road? And I was talking about this yesterday to a co-worker. I'm just like... You look at their resume at home and look at the resume on the road. It is just terrible. It is night and day. It is like checking my heart. It makes no sense. Like, And I was talking to my brother when they were playing the Clippers. He was just saying how we are like the 73 and 9 Warriors at home, but they like the 10 and 72, 76ers on the road. And it literally makes no sense with all of this talent. And to me, I don't like, look, I get it. You're going to play better at home. You, like I always say, you're going to have a you can have an average road on the average record on the road. I'm okay with that. I really am. If you're just 500, even if you're like two, three games under 500, I can live with that. It's not that they're losing road games; it's the teams that they're losing to. 
They've lost to the Hawks on the road. They've lost to the the Celtics. Well, the Celtics aren't a bad team, but still, that, that, that still hurts because it's the Celtics. And we want to beat the Celtics every single game. But again, they've lost to the Hawks on the road. They've lost to the Magic on the road. They've lost to the Nets on the road. Like some of these road losses that they have are just terrible. And there's there's no excuse for this at all. And you look at their home resume, they've beaten the Clippers at home. They've beaten, they've beaten the Lakers at home. They've beaten the Celtics twice at home. Like they've they beaten the Bucks at home on Christmas. They've beaten some really, really good teams. I know they lost to the Miami Heat at home also, but the first time they played them at home back in once it was like November or maybe early December, they 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 blew them out. But then when you go on the road against these these garbage teams, they lost to Washington on the road. I'm looking at the schedule now. Yes, they lost to Brooklyn. They lost to Orlando. They lost to Miami. They lost to Indiana. And this is before Indiana got Victor Oladipo back, which actually is weird because they lost six in a row. They won last night, but they lost six in a row when Oladipo came back, which is weird, you know. So, no, maybe he spent too much time on the mass singer. Um, uh, they lost to Phoenix on the road. I remember that game. That was, I think, that was their first loss of the season. But it's just when you look at this team, it like it pisses me off because you know the potential that they have. And you see how good they play at home. Why doesn't translate on the road? Why? It makes no sense. If you're losing to good teams, if you lose to the Clippers on the road, even the Celtics game, whatever. You lose to the Lakers on the road, whatever. You lose to Utah on the road, whatever. That's a tough place to play. Sure, Miami's a good team. You lose to Toronto on the road, like whatever. I mean, Joel Embiid cannot have zero points, but that that's a thing for another time. But it's the home loss. It's the road losses that you have. It's not that you lose on the road. It's the teams you lose to. You cannot lose to these bad teams. You have to stack up those road wins against these bad teams. When I see these good teams like uh, Milwaukee Bucks and they go and they handle business against these teams. Like when I see the Lakers go on the road, they handle business. That's what you have to do. It doesn't matter that you're on the road. It's to the point now where if I see the Sixers who's on the schedule, I don't care who they're playing. It doesn't matter. Are they home or, or away? I just have to look at is it is it lit up in red or is it lit up in blue? Which is it? Like, because if it's lit up in blue, then we're probably going to lose the game. But if it's lit up in red, you have that little at sign next to the team. We're probably going to lose no matter who you're playing. You can play a YMCA rec team and they're probably still going to lose for some strange reason. And it makes no sense. And like I said, I see other teams around the league and they just take care of business. They go and play teams like Phoenix and they go and play teams like the Atlanta Hawks and they go play teams like Charlotte. And they, they, they destroy him by the second quarter. It's over. You have to handle business against these bad teams. Because if not, you're going to find yourself stuck in the sixth seed. And you're going to have to go on the road for the first round. And then you're not going to have home court advantage. And this team is not going to get out the first round. And that's a huge step back. And that is a problem for a team that was literally a Kawhi Leonard shot away last year from being in the Eastern Conference Finals. A team that could have played the Milwaukee Bucks. Who knows if they beat the Milwaukee Bucks? They match up really well against Milwaukee. I think they do. I think this year they match up really well against Milwaukee. But if they end up stuck in the sixth seed, they're not going to make it to Milwaukee. They're going to end up losing to Boston or Miami before they even get there. So now that the rate is over, 
So Joel and B um, had a you know little cryptic Instagram caption the other day, you know because he you know he ended up getting booed, and he said you end up being a villain, you end, you die a hero or you live long enough to be the villain. And it's funny because I was going to name the, this episode that thing. Like, oh, that was a, that's a dope caption. But then I remember that I did the same thing about uh, talking about McNabb and To. And I named the episode that a couple uh, episodes ago, so I can't do it again. But nevertheless, it's true. Now, Joel and B was pretty much worshipped when he first got here. It was first that first year, especially when he was here, when he finally started playing. That second year, like last year, he was he couldn't do no wrong in most people's eyes. But you know, once the relationship starts to sour a little bit, once you go through disappointment, it's not even a disappointment, it's the effort. There was a few plays in that Milwaukee game that like the effort just wasn't there. There were too many plays where Joel and B, like his conditioning is off, and he just like he's lazy on the back end. Like people get an easy layup. You're the rim protector. That's what you're here for. And a lot of times, when you know the conditioning is off, is because the jump shot state is taken. When Joel Embiid is not able to go to the block and just post up and do what he does best, that lets me know that his conditioning is not where it should be because you're tired. If I'm tired, I'm going to just sit by here by this three and take the shot because you don't want that smoke. And just like Shaq said a couple of weeks ago, he don't want it. And sometimes it feels like he doesn't want it. And that goes back to the conditioning. And you can't blame the injury for an excuse because it's a hand injury. This is not an injury that's keeping him from running. This is not like a leg injury or a back injury or ankle. This is not that kind of injury. This is an injury that we you can still stay in shape. And he's still playing through it. So there's no excuse for that. And there's no excuse for the lack of effort. I always say this. Philadelphia, we don't care about results. We just want the effort. I mean, obviously, we care about the results, but the effort has to be there also. If you don't give us the effort, we will boo you. And people say, oh, Philadelphia is a tough place to play. It's not that play, it's not that tough to play if you're actually giving 100%. Why do you think guys like TJ McConnell are so so loved here? Why do you think a guy like Allen Iverson, who's never won a championship, is so loved here? Why do you think Brian Dawkins is like a, a god around here? Why do you think Jimmy Rollins was, you know, starting to, you know, really shit was starting to sour a little bit because he wasn't running out, you know, ground balls? This is why Bryce Harper is so loved right here because Bryce Harper is a superstar player and he's worth $330 million right now and he still runs out every single play and he goes all out every single time. That's all you have to do. Like, you don't have to be the best player. Like, it goes back to the Kobe Bryant thing. Like If you give me maximum effort and you show me that you want to work, like we're fine with that. Like, we can live with the results. We really can. Like, so it's really not that difficult of a concept to comprehend. It really isn't. And Joel and B just have to learn that. And when he put that that uh, Instagram post up and then Jimmy Butler said, oh, I know a place that, that you'd be welcome. And then that's, that just p- pissed everybody off because now it's like, all right, stop, stop trolling. But then, you know, Joel and B, he, had a, he went out and had a good game against the Clippers and everything is all well and good again. So, you know, but I... You know, then people are talking about trading Joel and B or if they had to trade him or Simmons. And I still say, like... I I would rather let it work out between them two. Like I would rather keep Simmons and Embiid for obvious reasons. Like they they are our core, even though their games really don't complement each other that well. But I feel like 
the way they played against the Clippers, a great this is not like there's some bad defensive team. They didn't play Atlanta, they didn't play Washington. They played a really good defensive team. That's a top five defense over there. You got Paul George, you got um, you got uh Kawhi Leonard. They got a really good team over there. So, and they had a really good game together. Now, a lot of times that's their problem. They don't really have good games together. It's like one has a good game and then the other doesn't have a good game. And it's it's, it's like they switched. When Joel and B is off off the off the court, if he's like you know getting his rest or whatever, then Ben Simmons goes off and he takes over. Now I need Ben Simmons to be that aggressive when Joel and B is on the, on the court. And speaking of Ben Simmons, this guy has been playing amazing lately. Now again, like I said, I, I would love to keep them both. I, if I had to choose, I, I don't want to trade neither one of them. But if I were to choose, I'm choosing Ben Simmons. And this is not just revisionist history. I've been saying this for weeks now. I just think the way Ben Simmons dictates the pace, I think Ben Simmons does way more on the court for the team. Like, obviously, he's the point guard. It's the toughest position to play. He gets everybody in position. People say, oh, he doesn't do anything. But if you look at the games, you know, he sets screens. He gets people open. Like, when he does a pass, like, he puts it in a perfect spot. Like, if you're cutting, he will find you. Now, a lot of people don't care about things unless he's shooting threes. I know this is 2020, and in order to be a good player in the NBA, you have to shoot threes. I realize that. I know that everyone thinks the only thing you have to do is shoot threes. That's not the only thing you have to do. Ben Simmons does so much on the court. It's like people want to just say, oh, he doesn't do this one thing, so you suck. This man has made the All-Star game two years in a row. He just had a great 26, 12, and 10 performance against the Los Angeles Clippers on a national televised game. Don't tell me Ben Simmons sucks because he doesn't shoot threes. I've been saying this for weeks as well. I don't care about his shooting. If he wants to start shooting, like, sure, more power to you. Like, I'm whatever. You want to keep expanding the game, like, that That would be nice. But I'm more, I'm more interested in the fact that he was aggressive. I'm more interested that he's hanging around the basket. I'm more interested that he's putting his head down and doing that dribble and getting to the cup and making things happen. Make things happen, Ben Simmons. That's what I need from you. I don't need you to turn into somebody that you're not. I don't need you to be Steph Curry. I don't. I'm sorry. There were other guys around the league that can only do one thing. All they do is shoot threes. There's guys in the league that literally, all they do on offense, their whole game is pretty much stand in the corner, wait for the pass, and shoot a three from the corner. That's it. I don't need a P.J. Tucker. Like I just don't. Like. What you have to do is you have to surround Ben Simmons with shooters. He will find you. He will make things happen. So, and Ben Simmons hasn't had a bad game in a while now. I mean, since before Joel and B got injured, I don't remember a bad game that Ben has had in like in weeks. Even the one game when they got blown out, I'm trying to remember who they played a couple weeks ago when they when they lost. It was like a big loss. Even Ben Simmons had a good game then. But, you know, individual numbers don't really mean anything to me, honestly, if you, especially if you lose big. But still, I just think that Ben Simmons is a great defender. I think he's a great passer. He's a good uh, set screener. He's His hook shot is money. He can finish at the rim with either hand, left or right. And, again, his defense is amazing. Like, you saw what he was doing against Kawhi Leonard. Like, he's up in your face, like, 
Now, and the thing is about this game, even though they were playing the Clippers and they're a great team, they still the second best team in LA. You know, as good as they can get, they still just they just cannot seem to get over the Lakers, no matter what kind of team they get. It's crazy, but um, there was never any doubt about this game at all because one, they're home, and sometimes you just have that feeling that eh, they're going to win this game. Uh, Corkmots went cold in this game. He couldn't make anything. I mean, I guess it's only right. He had two really, really good games where he was on fire. He wasn't missing anything. So, you know, the universe had to bounce that out somehow. So, you know, it is what it is. So, whatever. We just need you to be, you know, average, whatever. Just make a couple threes and we're good. And Paul George said something after the game that kind of pissed me off. I'm talking about the Sixers got like some home cooking from the refs. And I think, like, really? No. And I'm thinking, and I feel like. If you're a fan and you're watching the game, I feel like you think all the calls are going against you. So I feel like both teams are going to feel like the calls went against them. But I really don't like playing against superstar players because they seem to get a lot of garbage calls. And star players, they're so used to getting these garbage calls that when they don't get a call, they think it's, it's against them. They think, oh, like... It's a conspiracy. Oh, they got home cooking. All oh, the refs are cheating. Like, no, it's not. It just sorry that you getting didn't get the one call. Like, most of the time, if you watch an NBA game, if you look at all these free throws that these players get, and Joel Embiid gets it too. Honestly, like, I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not blind. I'm not oblivious to the fact that Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons are star players as well. I mean, we get the benefit of some calls too. But when you're Paul George and like I hate like this happened last year with James Harden where he said he just wanted a fair chance and like so many of these guys they're so used to getting these these garbage like flimsy calls like throughout the season that when they get to a, a big game or a playoff game and when they don't get these flimsy calls they want to complain about it. And the NBA has to stop stop with these flimsy calls, stop with these Jordan rules calls. Like it started back in the day with MJ, honestly. Like. You, you look at most of these free throws, like these guys are shooting so many free throws because as soon as they attack the rim, it's like they call a foul automatically. Like It's like they already have the whistle in their hand, just ready. They have, they have the whistle in their mouth, just ready to call a foul. And my thing, the thing that drives me like absolutely crazy, like this drives me nuts. When a player shoots, a, shoots the ball, or it could be a jump shot, it could be a layup, whatever, and the ball comes off the rim, like it's a miss, and then the referee wants to blow the call. And to me, it looks like, wait, did you wait for the shot to be missed to now all of a sudden it's a foul? That that drives me absolutely insane. Like, legit, that drives me crazy, man. But Paul George, definitely, I'm sorry, you're, you're not right. There were calls that went against each team. There was. And, and if you look at any NBA game, you look at any NFL game, when a the, when the call goes against you, most players are going to complain. And a lot of times, what star players do is they, or coaches too, when they get to like the rim or something happens, they complain about a call. And people say, oh, why are you complaining about it? It's not going to change. Actually, you're kind of wrong about that because I've seen numerous times where, like, let's say a player goes to the rim and they feel like they got fouled. They complain to the ref. They don't get the call that time. But then, like, the very next time they go to the rim, it could be less contact on that play, and they still get the call. It's like they put it in their mind, so they they, they make up a makeup call or something. And they just think like, and they blow the whistle like, yeah, there you go, like foul. And you're like, wait, what? Like, and the referees have a tough job. And I'm 
guilty of it too as a fan sitting on my couch as a fan sitting in the stands I jump up all the time and I, I yell at the refs like that was a terrible call ref that was terrible that was bad that was are you blind are you stupid are you like what what are you seeing out there but if you think about the ref perspective it's like no matter what they call someone is going to scream at him someone is going to yell at him and the fact that they don't hand out more technicals to me is like means they have thick skin because to me, if I'm a referee, you saying that was a foul ref, that was obviously a foul. What are you blind? I'm like, okay, technical. You say something else to me, technical again. You're out the game. I'm done. Like I, I have a short fuse. Like so, like to me, I would, <laughs> I'm going to call that technical foul in a second. Like say one thing to me, and you're getting that technical foul. But um, yeah, they really do have a tough job. So definitely kudos to those referees. They do have a lot of bad calls, but if you look at it, they get a lot of them right. So let's let's calm down the referees, okay? But good luck to the Sixers. They I think they had the Knicks or the Nets at home. So that should be a win. But then after the All-Star break, they have the Milwaukee Bucks in Milwaukee. So maybe they'll actually come to play for that game. Maybe uh Joel and B to actually have more effort. Maybe you should, you know, take the All-Star game a little easy, get some rest. And come back ready for the stretch run so we can get up to that, that top four seed. Because that's the goal for me. You're not going to catch Milwaukee at one. Uh, my expectations coming to the season was getting the number one seed or at least the number two. But she um, definitely, we're not going to get that one seed. We're not even going to get the two seed. We just have to get a, a four. We can get top four. I'm completely okay with that. So, yes. So, let's stick on the NBA. Let's talk about Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, try to spell his name. A-N-T-E-K-O-U-N-M-P-O, I believe. That's off the top of my head. I really don't even know if I got that right. But um, Giannis is having another MVP season. Honestly, early in the year, we were like, Oh, Luka Doncic for MVP. Oh, James Harden for MVP. Oh, LeBron James and Anthony Davis for MVP. And quietly, uh, Giannis was just having a crazy, crazy year. And I feel like, and I always say this, it's always the newness that drives people crazy. Now, Steph Curry in 2015, where he was like, all the threes, all the threes, all the threes, all the threes, making 400 threes in the season. Number one seed for the first time. It was like, oh, this is new. Like, cool, the MVP. But when a, a player can literally do the same, like a LeBron James or like a, a Kawhi Leonard can literally do the same exact thing that they've been known for years, and he won't get the same attention. Giannis had a crazy year last year, had the number one seed, and that's pretty much why he got the MVP award. This year, he pretty much was doing the same thing he was doing. His numbers went up a little bit too, but it was so early in the year that you didn't really recognize it, and you were just, you were just immune to the fact. You were just desensitized to it. You were just like, okay, that, that's what Giannis does, you know? And that wasn't right because now you're looking at him now. You're like, wait, he's been doing this all year. His numbers were 27, 12, and 5 last year. Shooting 57% from the field. Only 25% from three. Then his numbers, I thought that was the best year he could ever have. And if you look at Giannis's numbers, his numbers have gone up every single year. Like look at his trajectory since he's gotten drafted. It's literally going from like six points a game to like 11 points a game to 14 points a game to like 17 to like 21 and to like 27 to 30. Now, now he's up to 30 points a game averaging. And you're looking at a guy like him who's 
And for him to even be averaging 12 rebounds a game last year was crazy. And thinking like, because for the longest time, I, I thought he was a small forward. I didn't realize he was technically a power forward. And usually those kind of numbers are, you know, like centers or like power forwards that are just like a Tim, Tim Duncan types or like Anthony Davis types, guys like that, not like perimeter guys. But for him to be averaging that many, it's like, okay, he's not going to, he can't average 27 or 12 again. That's the best he can ever do, you know? Then he went up to 30 points a game and then 13 rebounds a game. So his rebounds went up like a half a, it was 12.5 last year, I believe. Now it's up to like 13 and a half. So his rebounds went up like a whole rebound and his points went up by three. And, you know, his field goal percentage is down a little bit, down by 3%, I believe. Three-point percentage is up by six points, though. But And they're the number one seed again. Like they, these guys are focused, and I saw a story yesterday that said he, well, one, he just had a baby, so congratulations on that. And two, he said he he's turned down movies and endorsement deals and commercials and TV. Shows. Like he's turned down all of this stuff because he just doesn't care. And to me, that shows. I think Giannis. I'm going to say this now. I think Giannis is the closest thing to Kobe that we've seen since Kobe. And I know Kobe just died, so that might be blasphemous to say right now. But I'm not saying he is Kobe, but I'm saying he is the closest thing mentality-wise to Kobe that we've seen. And there might be guys that has Kobe's mentality in the league that don't have that just don't have the talent that Kobe has. Giannis has the talent to back it up. So he can have the mentality, but he also can go out there and, and perform at the highest level against the best players in the league. I'm gonna say it again. Giannis Antetokounmpo is the closest thing to Kobe. Bryant that we've seen since Kobe Bryant. And I'm going to say it because he he wants to work. All he wants to do is work. He wants to play. I remember a couple years ago, or it might have been last year, where during the summer people, they were saying, oh, I'm not working out with other guys. I'm, I'm just not. But you see like he's been putting in the work. You see his, his, his jump shot has gotten way better since he came into the league. You see how, how much he was a skinny kid and now how strong this guy is. You see that he's been putting the work in. Just because you don't see it on Instagram doesn't mean it didn't happen. Like, stop getting fooled by these guys that are posting these videos on YouTube and Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. Like, just because a guy's not posting it, like we live in this world now to where if we don't see it on the computer, we don't see it on our phones, that means they're not doing it. What do you think Kobe was doing back in the day? There was no phones back in the day. Like, you think Kobe would have been posting workout videos? No. Like, Damian Lillard said this during the offseason. Just because I'm not posting it doesn't mean I'm not putting the work in. I'm putting the work in, trust me. Like, but it doesn't have to be seen. Like, everything does not have to be seen. And I just feel like Giannis has, is just like laser focused right now. He just has this mentality right now to where the disappointment. He was up 2-0 in the conference finals last year against the Raptors. They ended up losing four in a row after having the number one seed. They came back even stronger this year. Chris Middleton is his scoring is up. Like they have a deep team. They got both the Lopez brothers right now. Uh, they got uh, Wesley Matthews shooting. They have a really good shot at winning the championship. And it's funny because I remember years ago saying, you know, you got all the big markets and the one team that no one cares about is the Milwaukee Bucks. Like, that used to be the team that legit would just come to my head when I think about teams and cities and, like, basketball, like, markets that no one cares about. I'm like, I don't want to see the Milwaukee Bucks win a championship. The Milwaukee Bucks would never win a championship. Man, was I wrong. Like, I don't know anything. So, I actually think they have a really good shot at winning a chip. It's definitely going to be a fun finals, man. We'll, we'll see who they play. But they have to get there first. But I think with Kawhi Leonard out the way, I don't know if there's any team that can beat Milwaukee. I really don't. 
like I, I gave credit to the Heat and the um, the Raptors in my last episode. But do we really see them beating Milwaukee? Honestly, with Giannis playing the way he is right now, like the Bucks are so good that they can win games without Giannis on the road. They were getting destroyed by the Pacers yesterday without Giannis. They were down by like 25, and they got that lead. They got it down to like six, and, you know, the comeback fell short. But the fact that they were able to come back without their MVP, that says a lot about your team. What says a lot about a team, how good a team is, is it without your star player, how good can you keep it up? Can you actually win a game if need be if your star player has to miss a game because they have a baby or because they got injured or something, whatever. But I just think Giannis is playing amazing right now, and – I slept on him early in the season. I was big on the Luka hype. I was big on the Trey Young hype. You know, the, the Hawks suck, but, you know, he's putting up numbers. So, and, you know, LeBron and James Harden was scoring. And it was just like Damian Lillard right now. He, he's going crazy right now. But if you had to pick right now, it has to be Giannis. This guy is focused right now. Like, legit, he is just worrying about one thing. That disappointment from losing in the conference finals last year, that is sticking with him. Trust me. And he does not want to ha- want that to happen again. He's hungry. Just because football season is over doesn't mean we can't talk a little Phillip Rivers. So... The Philly Rivers officially, uh, the Philly Rivers, the the Chargers officially made Philly Rivers a free agent. So he's going to be a free agent for the first time. And, you know, this is 2020. It's the offseason. So we have to talk about his Hall of Fame chances. One, we could talk about what team he should go to or if he should retire. Honestly, he was falling off a little bit. So if he did retire, I wouldn't be that surprised. But if a team like, um, Let's say the Patriots lose Tom Brady. Like if the, the if the if the Patriots will sign a Philip Rivers, I wouldn't be surprised. A team like a I would say a Jacksonville, but I really like Minshew. I'm trying to think of all the teams that like need a quarterback right now. Not really a lot that I can think of off the, off the top of my head. But um, eh, we'll talk about that later. So, but I mean, like I said, we'll see. We really we'll see what, what happens with him. But I just feel like it'll be tough because you don't want to fall into the, the the Joe Flacco thing that the Joe Flacco trap that the Denver Broncos fell into last year where you sign a veteran quarterback. You think, you know, you can at least be your bridge to like the next guy. And the next guy came sooner than you thought because Phillip Rivers wasn't that good. I mean, getting these guys confused because Joe Flacco wasn't that good. Um, so, again, we'll see. I personally don't think he has much left. He hasn't really been that good for a while now. Honestly, I think Phillip Rivers had been one of the most overrated quarterbacks this generation, honestly. I think I think he's a great competitor. I think he has that fire in him, but as far as he's being a quarterback, he's he's a good trash talker and all. But I don't really think he's a Hall of Famer. I mean, his numbers look good, but in the 2000 era, like the post 2010 era, everyone's numbers look good. Like if you're a quarterback and you play for a long enough time, your numbers are going to look good. You can be top 10 in yards and touchdowns and completion percentage. And of course, with completion percentage, because 
their offense has been based on just crossing route after crossing route after crossing route. But they really like it's not like Philip Rivers is out there airing it out like a Patrick Mahomes. Like he's not doing that. Even like a Lamar Jackson was doing last year. So I think he's. I'm just saying he he was overrated his whole career. So I don't really know if he's good enough to make the Hall of Fame. I just think he was just a product of just a lot of numbers and just being in this era. He played back in the the 90s or the 80s. He might have been just an average quarterback, honestly. But um, he because so with Eli Manning, his thing to fall back on for his Hall of Fame chances were he's had some playoff success. He's had two Super Bowl rings. Not only has he had two Super Bowl rings, he's had two Super Bowl MVPs. Phillip Rivers has made it to the conference championship one time in his career, and I believe that was back in 2007 when they lost to the Patriots. And that was actually his second season starting. So you think about the second season starting, he made that was his peak going to the AFC championship game. He hasn't even made it close to that since then. So if you're, I mean, you can have all the numbers you want to do. And if and Deion Sanders actually said this a couple weeks ago, they they just feel like they let anybody in now. They're letting too many people in the Hall of Fame. And before you have to be special, you have to be like a guy that moved the needle. You had to be a guy that just like changed the game in some kind of way. Does Phillip Rivers really do that? Like honestly, like I mean, when you think about Phillip Rivers, you think about like a guy that's just pretty, you know, he's so so. He's okay, like he's he's alright, but. He's not like no special guy to me. He's never going to be considered like one of the greats or nothing. Like I'll put Eli over him like in a second. So definitely Ben Roethlisberger too. So out of that 04 draft class between those three, I would say Phillip Rivers was the worst out of all of them. But like I said, I will say his toughness is up there because in that 07 championship game, I believe he tore the ACL in that game and he ended up playing the rest of the game on that. But which is crazy because. It's kind of a good thing they didn't win the game because there's no way he could have played on the ACL. To, there's no way he could have came back in two weeks and played on that. You, you, cause it happens then. The adrenaline is rushing then. But after that wears off, there's, there's no way you're going to play the rest of that game. Oh, you know what? You can come back and play uh, two weeks later. So it's a good thing that they didn't win that game, honestly. But that was the peak of his career, and that was pretty much it. Like I say, he's never won the MVP. He's never really been like a, a one seed or a two seed. He hasn't made AFC, he's never made a Super Bowl, let alone made an AFC Championship game in 12 years. So what has he really done to deserve any chances at the Hall of Fame? If he makes the Hall of Fame, they're pretty much letting anybody in. So, but we'll see. But if I had to bet my money, I would definitely say it's a long shot that Phillip Rivers makes the Hall of Fame. But um, his career isn't over yet, so I mean, we'll see what he does. We'll see what he decides on. But that's that. So another thing, just because the NFL season is over, doesn't mean football is over. So the XFL, they started up last week. And, you know, I turned on. I'm like, all right, let's just let's see. Let's see. Let's see what this thing has. And I'm watching. I think it's the DC Defenders against somebody. I forgot who it was. And you see a lot of names that you recognize. Like, you know, you see like a Cardell Jones. I see Donald Pumphrey, uh, Austin Pro, who's the son of Ricky Pro. Um, Coney Ely was in that game, I believe. But you look all around the league. Uh, Josh Johnson plays for one of these teams. He was hurt, I believe. Um, there's a lot of guys around. Like, Landry Jones is around, too. Like, there's a lot of guys. And you're like, wait, this guy's playing. There's a lot of guys that were really good in college. Guys that were, like, you know, like, friends to average players in the NFL. But they're looking for their shot. They're trying to get back in the NFL. Even if they're not trying to get back in the NFL, you still you can make a living off of playing in the XFL. You're still doing what you love. 
I think people get too caught up on money and like I've I don't want to turn it into a life lesson. I really try to keep the sports. But to me, so when I was younger, I really just wanted to have a lot of money. And you think a lot of money brings you happiness. You think you make the millions and millions and millions of dollars. You think that will make you happy. But then you get older and you realize it's really not about the money. It's about doing what you love. If I can do what I love for half the money that I like, if you pay me a million dollars like a year to do some job that I like home care, like I, I could never do home care in no way in the world. I could be like a CNA or a nurse or anything. And if no way I couldn't, you could pay me a million dollars right now and say you have to do this for a year. You have to become a nurse. You have to clean old people. I'm like, eh, I'm good. I, I, I'll pass. But you can give me half of that money to do something I love. If you gave me that money to like talk sports or something, or to be an analyst or be a journalist, like I do that for a quarter of that money. So, but to, to me, it's about doing what you love. And these XFL players, you know, the pay is not—it's not obviously it's not a what the NFL is getting paid. Most of the players are making it roughly about fifty-five thousand a year, which honestly, it's not even a year; it's per game. So it's per so it's a ten-week season. They're getting paid fifty-five thousand per year. So you average that out, it's about you know it's about four grand like every week, or so that would average out to about four thousand per month, and that's not even per month; that's just during a two a ten week season. So that's a nice little living, honestly, if you think about it, especially if you're doing what you love. And every game that you're active, I believe you get a sixteen hundred dollar bonus, and for the games you win, the whole team gets a twenty two hundred dollar bonus. So. I'm definitely looking forward to it. I think the kickoff rule is genius. Like, it really is. I think the no extra points is really good. Uh, I, I like the play clock being at 25. Now, the no extra points thing that has the scores looking a little funky because, you know, you can go for one, I think, from the two-yard line or the one-yard line. You can go for two from the five-yard line, I believe. Now, I think you can go for three points from either the eight or the ten. I forgot exactly what it was, but... So all the scores are going to look like really, really weird. Like you're really not going to see a 21 and 14 game, like a general NFL score. You're going to see a lot of like 25 to 12 or something. Like it's going to be like a, a weird score. But I'm definitely looking forward to it. Like I said, the kickoff, the kickoff thing is like genius because most of the time it's not the collisions when you're hitting the, the player, the ball carrier. It's those, it's that running down the field at full speed. You got guys running from the 35 yard line to all the way down, like all the way down to the, you got these guys running 75 yards down the field. And then once that collision happens, like that's where a lot of these injuries happen. Um, the, so it's one thing where it's like an illegal formation. So when you kick the ball out of bounds in the NFL, they get the ball at the, at their own 40. But in the XFL, if you do that, or if the ball doesn't at least go to the 20, so when you kick it off, you have to get the ball to at least their 20. And if it doesn't, I, I believe they get the ball at the other 45. So, like, that team, not only do you get the ball, like, close to the touchdown, that's, like, super, super close. So, like, like usually it's, like, their own 40. But then you get the ball at their other 45. You're getting an extra 15 yards, which is, like, crazy to me. So that's, like, they're putting the emphasis on make sure you kick it to this 20-yard line because if you don't, that's going to put our defense in the best spot. And... I was nervous about because the reason the reason I don't like arena football because it's just too much offense. Now, I know people love offense, but I'm a defensive guy. I love to watch defense. I love to watch good tackles. I love to watch good coverage. I love to watch interceptions. I love to watch pass breakups. 
I love to watch swim moves, and I just I just love to watch defense. I really, really like defense. And when I was a kid, I always wanted to be a cornerback. I really did. I always wanted to be a cornerback or a safety and a kick returner because sometimes we see kick return for touchdowns. <coughs> they make it look super easier to run a kickoff for a touchdown. So I always used to think that, wait, I could do that. And you realize it's not as easy as you think it is. But I always wanted to do that. I was never that guy. I wanted to be a running back or a wide receiver. I always wanted to be a cornerback if I could have played. Obviously, I don't have the talent to play that. But if I did, I would be a cornerback. So that was the thing I was nervous about. I thought it would just be all offense. It's not all offense. It's actually it's actually really good defensive players out there. There's cornerbacks. There's hungry cornerbacks out there making plays. There's guys out there making tackles. There was a block punt in the, in the one game I was watching. Now, like I said, I'm not going to sit here and act like I watch every single game, watch every single highlight. But if it's on, I'm definitely going to watch. If I'm home and it's on, I will definitely tune into the XFL because I'm really looking forward to this product. And it's football. And it's good football. It's not like just some... This is not the arena league. This is not the European league. This is not like Canadian football where it's just the field is like big. It's the same dimensions. It's just, you know, different players. And Cardell Jones even said himself that like he doesn't really see a big drop off as far as talent. So, um, again, I'm looking forward to it. I like it. It's football. It'll hold this over. It's pretty much just like the appetizer that the restaurant brings you. It's like the braid that they bring you to hold you over until your meal comes going to be some good stuff and i'm looking forward to nine more weeks of this so we'll see now who knows maybe i'll talk about the xfl more on this on this episode i mean on, on this podcast so we'll see so that's all i got for today guys thank you for listening um i'll who knows it's kind of slow so sports season you realize how important the nfl is to the sports world when the nfl actually goes away so yeah, but I'll definitely be back. Thanks for listening to episode 50. I appreciate the support. And um, see you next time. And remember, it's just a game. <laughs>